Welcome to Soul Traders Podcast. I'm Bo. And I'm Amy. Our podcast is for creatives and freelancers who want to build an intentional business in alignment with their life and their values. We release a new episode every week. Hit subscribe on your preferred platform to stay in the loop. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Noongar people on Wajuk, Manang and Bibbulmun, Budja. Hey, Amy. Hi, Bo. How are you since we last spoke? Uh, I am pretty good. Um, I've been prepping to go away. I've got a lot of work um, over the next few months. So I've got, yeah, all those sort of logistical bits and bobs going on um, when I'm just about to leave my family for a month for now and then um, home for the school holidays. So, yeah, a lot of logistics and um, I've also been, yeah, just honing it's been really hard to say no to people, you know, having ended up in a situation, you know, with COVID stuff where everything's now happening that um, I'm having to turn people away and that as a freelancer just feels really wrong. Um, so you, I'm honing some skills in better that at area. It? Oh, that's good. Uh, we'll have I to do so. an episode, huh, next yeah, season. I, we should definitely do an episode on saying no. I find, um, I really struggle with that, Bo. So I could use some oh, tips. Totally. I mean, I, yeah, classic people I think it's pleaser. Super. Yeah. <laughs> um, today we're going to talk about creativity on at Soul Traders podcast. We're all creative businesses, and we talk a lot about the business aspect. Um, but we think that creativity is woven naturally into the fabric of the way we do business and life. Um, Last week we chatted with period preacher Lucy Peach about the role of the menstrual cycle in creativity and in the context of that cycle, creativity can be born of frustration and limitations and it got us thinking about creativity as a whole in regards to the kind of businesses that sole traders are running. So here we are. Yeah, you know, um, it's a really interesting topic and I've been thinking a lot about it this week. Um, I think there's so many people out there who don't consider themselves to be creative people. Um, I used to, in a former um, career, run a lot of workshops for both young people and adults and uh, one of the things that I would hear participants say so often um, was, you know, I'm not a creative person or I'm not really very good at art or or you know, or craft or anything creative. Um, and it made me so sad because, you know, I mean, I, I think maybe my idea of what, what it is to be creative is much broader than other people's. Um, but I, I certainly think it's a space that everybody can inhabit. What do you think, Bo? Is everybody, can everybody be a creative person? Look, I reckon it is innately human to be creative. Um, and to go back to the can't draw Um, analogy, I was the same. I hated art at school. I never thought I'd have a career in the arts. I was more interested in advertising because I loved persuasion and messaging. But I think, you know, this idea that it's somehow relegated to um, a chosen few who are born with an innate talent, that myth is total bullshit in my opinion, my professional opinion. And the reason is that I see so many visual artists working, you know, 
whether they were born with their talent, I don't know, but they certainly work very, very hard. And, you know, there's this element, the creative practice and the practice element, and that level of persistence and single-mindedness really blows my mind. Um, And I think that's probably a lot more, um, uh, I think that's a bigger element than, you know, this idea of being born with something. I completely agree. And I love the idea of a creative practice with the emphasis on like the key element here is practice, I think. In my mind, I think you need to give creativity like a lot of time and space. Uh, There's lots of elements that can squash, really squash creativity, fear, comparison, perfectionism. Um, Mm. I have been reading... um, book by Elizabeth Gilbert, Big Magic, which I highly recommend. I've been so into it. I love that It's really, really excellent. Yeah. She talks about pursuing curiosity rather than passion. I think she's really focused on debunking this whole pursue passion, follow your passion um, kind of rhetoric that's out there. Um, mm. So she says passion's not, you know, it's not always readily available. You know, you, you may, may not always be feeling this like burning fire. Um, so she encourages curiosity um, which, you know, it's, it's always available. It's a much easier thing to cultivate than passion. Um, so I've just got this little quote from her blog and I'll link to this article. She says, the trick is to just follow your small moments of curiosity. It doesn't take a massive effort. Just turn your head an inch, pause for an instant, respond to what has caught your attention. Look into it a bit. Is there something there for you? Is there a piece of information? Yeah, so the mm. whole creative genius, like lone genius, um, that's born, uh, we just need to we just need to squash that down. Like that is, it's uh, you know, I also know a lot of visual artists, a lot of creative people, and um, you know, like I just think the creative um, genius, you know, it's always a man. I think like the Picasso type that's just like in his. <laughs> in his like underpants, you know, in a sweaty studio, just creating locked, locked away. I just think it's such, we just need to, you know, throw that in the bin. What do you think, Bo? Oh yeah. I would throw it in the shredder uh, and the bin. And I would also, that reminds me actually of um, Hannah Gadsby's Nanette and Douglas, where she just tears shreds off that kind of artist and it's yes. the pro- constant profiling of it. You know, writers, uh, I always read those interviews with artists, uh, sorry, with writers where they're always asked about writer's block and how do you do it and how do you come up with your genius ideas and stuff like that. And um, most, I don't know why journalists keep asking writers this question because the answer always is um, the writer explaining that they show up to their desk every day at 9am and write and that's the answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I see you know, with a lot of the visual artists that I work with, um, they work and work and work and they throw away canvases. They have terrible days, but sometimes they get into a flow state and they pump out a show that just triumphs over those terrible days. And I love the idea of the flow state. And I think when you run your own business, um, you can 
if you do find yourself in that flow state, you can really follow it to fruition because you're your own boss. And I also am a big believer in thinking time. Um, and some people call it uh, blue sky thinking or blue sky mind. Uh, that's not related to the Midnight Oil song, Blue Sky Mine. It's Blue Sky <laughs> Mind. <laughs> I love this too, Bo. Um, it makes me think I've been working with a visual artist recently based in Fremantle, em- Emily Maguire. She does abstract painting and sculpture. She shares a studio on Pakenham Street in, down in Frio and they have this great practice there. It's so playful. They call one of the corners of the studio is the naughty corner and they put canvases there if they're not working out to sort of cool off in the naughty corner. Not complying. Um, so they just... Yeah, they just stay there for a little a little while, a couple of weeks until like, you know, it's time to revisit those those ones. Uh, it's like a toddler yeah, doing a really, time out. It's, exactly. It's a really <laughs> great, like playful kind of way to handle, you know, creative block. Um, mm. I also have a giggle when I, I see journalists pitch that question to writers about writer's block and how they're so productive. Um, my sister's a novelist. She's had four novels published and, you know, like I just think we can learn so much from writers about just showing up and putting in the miles. I Like my sister's an absolute workhorse. When she was finishing her first novel, she actually, her fingernails started to split down the middle from the impact of hitting the keys on the keyboard. Now, that's an extreme example of being dedicated to craft. But, you know, on the average day, she is just at her desk. She is working. It's not always working out, but she's committed, you know, to that practice of, of you know, showing up. Um, yeah. So it's interesting yeah, it's that really idea important. of, um, you know, creativity and procrastination and often I hear people say things need to be a certain way for them to be creative so you know the house needs to be tidy the dishes need to be done and all the errands need to be run um, and then I can be creative or then I can do the thing I want to do and you know it is disappointing I think ultimately for those people to realize that that is just not a thing and no artist I've ever worked with has a perfectly tidy house and all of their errands run. Um, They absolutely prioritise their practice and they are consistent and persistent in this. Um, I find it incredible and it comes back to presence and the limitations that you put on yourself and that are created by whatever medium you're working in. Um, And it's interesting to think about limitations um, in COVID times because if, you know, it's taught us one thing, it's that we we do move very quickly to to new limitations and we do find ways to work inside new limitations. Creative ways. Yeah, and, you know, I've got to say, you know, artists and creatives have been at the forefront of changing the way they are functioning and many for many artists you know they're also lone wolves anyway working at home so it hasn't really been a huge <laughs> change for them but back to the blue sky thinking thing for me the actual creation of any work happens at really lightning speed and you know in photography that's 1 1 25th of a second like that's the creation mm. of of the work but it's all of the background thinking um, that takes all the time 
And while I'm a pretty big advocate of procrastination, which is a bit weird because I'm also a big fan of efficiency, um, I do think they dovetail perfectly because there's a space for all that long, excuse me, for all that long and deep thinking. And in the past, I actually thought that I was a bit of a slow learner because I spend so much time um, turning things over like a coin in my mouth, seeing it from all sides and making sense of an idea. And it sometimes isn't even a solid idea. It might be more of a feeling. But then once it's taken shape, the actual it coming to fruition is so fast. The execution. Um, Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, And in terms of the blue sky thinking stuff, swimming is a big cornerstone of that for me. Um, Some people prefer walking. I do like the idea of using my body um, to reach that um, space in my mind. And sometimes I just lay in bed just staring out the window at the leaves rustling in the wind and I'm not technically, I'm not meditating, I'm not really doing anything. I'm just letting the thoughts pass by, you know, doing the little cloud thing, just, you know, sometimes I hold on to them a bit, sometimes I let them go and it is literally one of my life's greatest joys and I feel a bit bad actually saying it because I bet with little kids you don't have a lot of time to just like lay in bed looking at the leaves rustle out the window. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't, but that does sound luxurious, Bo. Um, I tell you what though, like I'm always pursuing those things um, and finding those moments. And one of my best um, opportunities for that kind of thinking at the moment is breastfeeding my son at night, you know, so it's just me and him, middle of the night. I mean, I think I've talked about this before. My notes app and my phone is absolutely full of like little ideas and inspirations and just kind of musings um, from my brain in the middle of the night. And, you know, some of them have turned into podcast episodes or, you know, or anything. Um, Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I just think you've got to find those spaces, even as you say, like uh, in a very busy life. Um, I'm a big fan as well of walking. And I read this fabulous article that I'll link to recently in the New Yorker um, about um, about walking in nature and how it encourages creative thinking. And there's actually been a study published um, by Stanford University where they've in fact linked creative, increased creative thinking and problem solving ability to um, students that had had uh, just taken a walk in the grounds of the university rather than students that had been stationary or even on a treadmill. So it's not just the exercise, but in fact, being outdoors and having that, you know, so in fact, you know, um, having a practice of walking um, outside, of being mindful and observant can feed your crea- creative practice. And I just love that mm. idea. Yeah, me too. And there's actually an article from the New York Times because we're so New York here. <laughs> yeah, um, so, but it's called, so um, it was, it's, I think it was around March or April at the beginning of um, COVID lockdown times. And it's called What I Miss Most is Swimming. Um, and I've got a little quote here from it. It says, we jump into that water and find ourselves in a curious liminal space. Here we are, suspended yet moving, floating yet ever in danger of sinking. And if we swim with the current instead of fighting against it, 
we find a momentary state, one of motion and yet paradoxical stillness that is flow. I love that. Um, It's a beautiful article. Also, we'll link that to the show notes uh, in the show notes because it's, you know, it says a lot about the way that our, um, our mental space and it also talks about curiosity and also just um, obviously the metaphor of everything that is swimming, um, but also just that physical motion, just, you know, we are built to move. And I think that is a huge part of creativity is that physicality. Um, I've got to say, yeah, Bo, so- if you're, um, if we haven't, you know, convinced people of the sole trader lifestyle and not really <laughs> selling that, we've at least sold them on open ocean swimming this season. What do you reckon? Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, everyone come to Denmark, come swimming with me. <laughs> That's it <laughs> this summer. Now, have you kicked any creative goals? Because it's time for us to do goals. <laughs> yes, well, um, you know, coming back to this idea of creativity being a broad thing, um, I am committing a lot of my creative resources at the moment to moving house. We are um, moving into um, my parents-in-law's flat and uh, the creative challenge is uh, (laughs) myself, husband and two small children living in a you know, even small uh, place than we're in currently. So we're going, it's 69 metres squared, which, you know, for Australians, it's very small. Um, so yeah, trying to imagine our lives there and make it a beautiful, you know, space with room for books because we've got a lot of books. Um, yeah, that's quite a creative exercise. (laughs) So that's what I'm up to. What about you, Bo? You can, um, come down to Denmark and stay in the caravan and on the half acre. Oh (laughs) yeah. (laughs) We'll just, yeah. Um, so I've kicked, I've kicked two creative goals. Um, one of them is more literal goals. Um, I've joined my daughter's women's soccer team. And so it's been, yeah. And and of course, in true style, I've been avoiding it and avoiding it and avoiding it. And since I'd had my shoulder surgery, I can now do things that, you know, are a bit more hustle, bustle, physical sort of stuff. Um, but of course, I am just in the metaphor of soccer, like everything about the way that the defence lays out, the way the offence lays out, the role Excellent. of each person, the goalie, the way the ball's moving, the you know, the the psychological. I mean, our I listeners played soccer since can look primary forward school. to so many metaphors, <laughs> soccer metaphors <laughs> next season. Excellent. So many, yeah, yeah. So so that's one thing, and it's been super fun and just great to do something with my sixteen year old and have something in common together. Um, and we're not the only mother daughter team part of the team, which is also right. really cool. Um, and I guess creatively, you know, I'm always, you know, putting a lot of creative work effort into my client work, but I've also recently started an Instagram account called The Bush Arranger. And it's like a no outcome, no pressure, no client, no brief sort of situation. And it's just me wandering around Denmark, picking flowers, making bouquets, and I love doing it. It's extremely calming and um, there's just no other aspect to it than pure enjoyment and that is and for me curiosity. a pretty creative goal. Oh, yeah. I'm really yeah. enjoying the Bush Arranger, so we'll link to that as well in oh, the good. show notes. Yeah. <laughs> now this episode 
is the end of season one of Soul Traders podcast. Um, our many, yay, our many thanks go to our producer, Dingo Spender, for guiding us through our first foray into podcasting. Our season two is already taking shape and it is going to be a cracker. I'm very, I'm already excited about it and this I'm hasn't so even excited. finished, so that's a good thing. Um, this podcast was actually born from our photography and social media workshops that Amy and I were running. Um, we took a break when you were, that's right, you were so pregnant with baby Hugh that you were having to leave the work, saying you had to leave the workshops yeah. to go and spew. Um, yeah. so anyway, so we stopped doing those and then little did we know that we, once we started recording this podcast, that we would launch um in COVID times, uh, it feels like it was a different world in February. Oh, God, um, yeah, absolutely. So now we're looking at, um, you know, what sorts of things we could do to deliver something really accessible online for people. Oh, we would absolutely love, um, yeah, we really enjoyed those workshops and um, the feedback we got that was that people found them really valuable. So we want we want to offer something like that um, for creatives, sole traders, micro-businesses. Um, yeah, so if you've got any ideas about how um, we deliver those or what, you know, what sort of things you'd be interested in learning, um, we'd love you to weigh in on that. Um, you can join our Facebook community or um, you can find us on Facebook Instagram because we've finally, um, it's very exciting. Uh, so we're soul traders podcast on Instagram. Um, we finally decided that, you know, we just have to have a presence there because we love it so much. So, um, I know it's so funny that we avoided it for so long having an Instagram account. Yeah. I guess we just just, didn't. We're minimalists on, you know, we're really just like any, anything that you take on as a uh, sole trader, um, you know, it, you've got to consider whether like that's the right thing for you to spend your time doing. But I just love Instagram and I just I want, I think there's so many conversations that we want to have uh, with people there. So yeah, we're, we've done that. Very excited. I think it. we also didn't know, we didn't start an Instagram account because it felt like a major commitment and we just weren't sure which way oh. the pod, whether the podcast, whether anyone was even going to listen because we had your mum yes. as a listener. That was pretty cool. Yes. That um, was great. Thanks, mum. I think we had about maybe two other people who we also knew. And so we've been we didn't so want to jinx grateful. It. We didn't want to get yeah, ahead of it. <laughs> um, so this is a, also a great opportunity for us to say thank you so much to all of our listeners um, and thank you so much for sharing this with um, your other oh, freelancing yes, creative friends. It. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it great. Just we've just been, we've definitely really feeling the all the love. Us. So, yeah, thank you so much. And um, we'll see you next season. And uh, we'll be in your ears then. And until then, um, take care and, um, and talk to you soon. See you later, Amy. Okay, see you both. If you enjoyed this episode, please mention it to your friends or share it on Instagram using the hashtag Soul Traders Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you like to listen. You can search Soul Traders Podcast Community on Facebook and find us on our home turf of Instagram as Amy Snook and Bo Wong with an underscore between each letter. All original music for Soul Traders Podcast is composed and performed by our podcast producer, Dingo Spender. Dingo Spender.